0: I need to know what the hell is going on with this two-pound burrito.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest podcast on earth about nonsense. I am Chris Cash from Mount Phil Metalworks, joined by my co-host Roy, the psychopath Scott. This is the Axe and Iron Podcast today's episode is brought to you by cole township forge otherwise known as michael hoops you can find michael hoops at com, creating all kinds of amazing forged products check them out on instagram at michael hoops is it hoops hoops, hoops? it's hoops i think it's God. Hoops. anyway com. today's guest is the one the only Mr. Will Stetler, Steller, <laughs> Seltzer, Steeler. Seltzer. What is I it? I drink it.
2: I drink enough seltzer water for it to be seltzer, but it is. Stelt-
1: Will Stelter, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, I'm excited to have you on, Will. Will, you have, you have been traveling the country, literally traveling the country,
2: making Damascus. <laughs> Yep. Is that a a, fair statement? (laughs) Pretty much. I'm going to go do it on the West Coast this week. It's going to be a great time. Really? Where are you headed? Uh, I'm headed over to Washington, my old stomping grounds, to hang out with Jake Farum. Oh, fantastic. we're going to film a video, and it's going to be a good time.
0: Oh, I didn't know you were from Washington. Whereabouts?
2: Uh, I grew up in Fremont in Seattle, and then I moved to Bellevue when I was a kid.
0: Ah, I lived in Spokane for like 15 years. I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Spokane's awesome. Your I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't
1: figured it out yet because I haven't found my birth certificate. But me and Will were born in the same exact—would you say town? I guess. town? Hospi- we I think bro-
2: we were born in the same hospital.
1: Yeah, same
0: hospital. There's, there's, there's just thirty hospital- years apart.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Will, Not you look like a child. <laughs> maybe ten years. Ten years. How old are you, anyway, Will? Uh, fifteen.
0: You look like you're 15.
1: 35. I'm going to guess between 30 and 35. You're an idiot. Shut your mouth.
0: Come on. How old are you, Will? I'm 22. 22. Deuce, deuce, double deuce.
1: I wish (laughs) I knew what you know now. You are a very knowledgeable man. When I I, I met you, I've known you for a couple years. Uh, We've talked a bunch through Instagram and whatnot, and you're a tool nut just like I am. Um, But you... Your attention span and your memory retention on tools far exceeds anything that I ever have. To the point where you rattle off model numbers to me. <laughs> model pretty, numbers is the good stuff. It's pretty insane, and I, uh, you know, kudos to you for being. You're smart, Will. You're a smart guy, and you're 22 <laughs> years old. It's crazy.
0: And you're in dumb Thank company. You're <laughs> a dumb company, yes.
1: <laughs> no, but you, you're very knowledgeable in all aspects. What would, what would you describe yourself as? Like, what do you do for a living, Will, to the, well, for the listeners? Like, I, I I have an idea what you do, but maybe people that have never heard of you or people that are, they've heard of you, but never seen what you do. How would you describe yourself to people? Like, what you do?
2: So if I, like, run into someone on the street and they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? I say I'm a knife maker uh, or a blacksmith. Uh, usually, blacksmith gets less questions, and depending on the situation, depending on how much I want to talk to that person, I use the least interesting thing that I can say uh, and still have be telling the truth. I also say metalworker sometimes, but really, uh, I'm, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm a full-time YouTuber. Um, right. Yeah, I know. as is Chris. Chris and I basically do the same thing. We're both YouTube bladesmiths. yeah thank you
0: thank you will thank you you're my new best friend i
2: don't don't think
1: i don't think i know there's a lot of uh uh hate and um misconceptions about what that is but to be fair that's like a lot of people's jobs now yeah like youtube i heard a statistic this past week it's 500 hours of youtube footage gets uploaded every minute
2: yeah it's forty forty six 46 years of content gets uploaded every day
1: yeah that's exactly right something like that i, yeah. I
2: looked it up like two days ago
1: that's yeah. that's insane that's yeah That's insane so to say you're a full-time youtuber that's not necessarily a bad thing
2: no it's just there's like a connotation and i think it's probably going yeah. away a little bit in that like youtubers are generally a pretty obnoxious breed of people right um, i'd say the maker youtubers that we're all friends with that's Pretty much not the case, but like right. if if you were to like go to LA and like meet a YouTuber, you'd probably want to you know
0: punch, punch him in the face. face. Of that
2: person, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's not generally like a super great breed of people that are full-time YouTubers. Right. Uh, they're generally kind of not great to other people and super over over dramatic and stuff like that. Um,
1: but what There's a lot is, of fake people out there.
2: Oh, big time. And I, yeah. but, I, but I would say that generally that's not the case in the maker community, which is right. cool. We just get yeah. cool people who are sharing cool things that they're doing. They're actually doing fun stuff. They're not just pulling content out of their rear end yeah. uh, for the sake of making content. Um. So actually, that's what I've been doing. I've just been documenting my whole, sh- my whole shop uh, progress for basically the last year, uh, getting the whole shop up and running, working on – uh, tools and organizing and making uh, anvil stands and things like that basically for it's crazy but for pretty much a whole year now my, my first day uh, of working for myself again uh, was January 1st and before that I spent two whole years working for Alex Steele co-hosting his YouTube channel uh, and for those of you that don't know he's got a, a pretty big bladesmithing blacksmithing uh, metalworking YouTube channel and so before that I was just a knife maker and then he taught me a lot of machining and blacksmithing. Before and that, you were a like kid, that. Will. I mean, come yeah, on, just be true. straight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you started this fairly early. Like, I knew you when you yeah. were, I mean, 16, 17?
0: Yeah, so I uh, I want to hear this story because, Will, Chris and I have been friends for a while, and he has talked about you since day one. I want to know how you all became besties. <laughs> It was I wouldn't kind of exactly say we're besties. <laughs> I, hey, come on, it's crazy. the internet. Yeah. No, we're <laughs> <You can't, you laughs> no, no, cool, besties, I guess <laughs> is the best way to say it. Yeah, come on, spill
2: it, spill it. Well, I think I think we just both like old garbage, and so, yeah. uh, uh, and so that was just a good, a good connection there. Um, and so,
0: yeah, y'all literally just found each other on Instagram and just started talking about tools and stuff. And actually, you happen to be a knife maker. Pretty much, yeah.
1: Well, at the time, I think I, wa- I was just hanging in Will's uh, live stream sometimes, and I was like, this kid's a maniac. He sits there and files for an hour straight <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on blade yep. guards or whatever. And we would okay. just uh, start talking about tools. And then I think you had asked me prior to Alec coming over to the states about some tools and this, you, that, you the other. posted
2: a, a lot of machinist tools and files yeah. and whatnot and i was yeah. i was i was tasked with buying that stuff for alex shop right and so uh you sent over like a big old thing of cool little clamps and files and whatnot and stuff that yeah. i used for like two years straight which was awesome so
1: unfortunately yeah, so those okay. are still
2: at alex shop and I, I don't have them anymore but
1: oh that sucks yeah. i need to send you more stuff then wait wait just did did. you You didn't leave all your tools at Alex right
2: no uh but that stuff he bought um I oh oh I understand I understand I understand so but but the thing is when I moved out of his shop so I started off like I said so I I went to move from Seattle to Bozeman Montana to go to college yeah Uh, I went part-time for one year and then I dropped out well I I finished out the year um in anticipation for Alec coming um and he got here in November. And so from May till November, I was just working by myself in my own shop. Um, and so I had a 25 ton, uh, forge press an anvil, um, belt grinder and a drill press. And that's pretty much it. Um, and so when I moved into Alec's shop, then we had, you know, the complete setup of anything you could ever want basically. Right. Um, and then when I moved back out, I was basically at, Square one again. I had actually sold my forging press. Um and uh I had since bought a 25-pound little giant, which was a great story on how I got that. But uh yeah, so um, Tell it, tell the story. What's what's the great story? I want to hear it. Okay, it's actually the easiest tool buy I've ever had of okay. anything. Uh we Alec and I were in the shop one day, and these right. two guys just walk in through the open garage door and we're like, What? Uh Hello, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and one of them had a, had a shop nearby, and he was a metal worker. Mostly uh, he restores cars. Uh, he does super, super cool stuff. Um, and then the other guy was a blacksmith friend of his who had a shop like 15 minutes away. Um, and we just started talking. He was like, yeah. He likes." He saw the Yang Yang, the 165 there, and he's like, yeah, I got a, got a couple power hammers. I've got an 88-pound iron kiss and this junky little 25-pound little giant. And I was like, <laughs> oh, huh.
1: That's right up my alley. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, You wanna sell it? And he was like, Yeah, well, you know, I paid five hundred bucks for it and Jeez. You know, bought, bought five hundred dollars worth of dyes for it. So why don't you come have a look at it and we'll we'll work it out. And yeah. so I actually I had to go back to I think it was like, I don't know what happened, but I had to go back to Washington for some family thing that weekend. Uh, uh, but as soon as I got back, I went over to his shop and there it was sitting. It was bone dry, not a drop uh, of oil in the thing. Uh, but it still turned over. I didn't I didn't right. run it very much. It was all right. sticky and whatnot. But it still turned over and ran. And I was like, okay, great. How much do you want? And he was like, 500 bucks. And I was like, deal.
1: Dude.
2: <laughs> and I came back the next crazy. day, threw it in the back of Alex's truck, uh, and <laughs> drove it to the shop, tore it apart, put it back together. And it's been great. I haven't yeah. got anything else to it.
1: <laughs> it's got a ton of little wild brazing repairs on it,
2: doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. The pitman yeah. is brazed, and both right. of the arms are <laughs> So
1: I can't imagine the, the noise that made when all that stuff broke. <laughs> oh, my
2: gosh. It would have been just and, – and one of the toggle links is forged. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah it's kind of – I replaced the spring on it, so I'm not worried about the spring breaking anything anymore. Yeah. But at some point after I fix – after I get – the Bowdery number eleven up and running, and then when yeah. I get my little Bowdery up and running, then I'll go back and I'll do another rehaul on that. And it's probably, a five hundred dollar hammer. Yeah, I'll probably re-pour the Babbitt bearing on it and uh, replace those arms and whatnot. Um, and then, and then it should be pretty dang sweet little hammer. But I just I just have drawing dies on it, and it is absolutely swell to have yeah. a little hammer with drawing dies. It's like having a giant cross peen, and you can just draw things out so nicely you can get just such crisp little tapers and whatnot right. oh it's great yeah and the That's thing awesome. takes up like one square foot it's amazing
1: <laughs> they are tiny <laughs> they're so small those little 25s they're so small it's crazy oh, oh,
2: it's awesome i i absolutely love it i i don't think i'll ever sell that hammer because I, I i mean i have no need to because even if like, yeah you know say 20 years down the line if something happens and i have to sell all my stuff and i'm not yeah. really making full time anymore i can still throw that in the garage and still have a power hammer that is pretty dang usable right you know, right as as like a worst case scenario that being said i have a hard time imagining that that would happen but you never know
1: yeah well you don't have yeah. you don't have any uh neighbors out there necessarily to worry about either do you nope,
2: like as far as noise
1: goes or anything like that
2: no no the closest neighbor is like uh probably a half mile away and it's my parents so awesome man.
0: <laughs> So, no. Will. Speaking of hammers, I have to bring up the video that uh, made Which the video? rounds a couple, a Which couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do tell, because I'm late. I'm late to the joke on this one.
2: Uh, so that happened last year. So uh, November twenty sixth, twenty
0: twenty. You know and- the date,
2: <laughs> of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Of my world falls apart for Yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so uh, I had spent, so I bought that hammer when I was 17.
0: What is the hammer?
2: It was a 150 pound Fairbanks Model E. It was a late model, um, so it was by United Hammer Co. at that point, uh, which means that I think it's like post 1926 uh, or something like That's that. That's exactly
0: what I was thinking 26. Yikes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: 26, 27, somewhere in mm-hmm. there. Um, cause it was before they got bought out by Barbara Stockwell. But anyway, um, so they nerd so,
1: alert, Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. I'm telling you, he is a
2: huge tool nerd. It was like shocking to me. <laughs> oh, Sorry, man. go ahead. So, um, so I got the ham, bought the hammer when I was 17, had it shipped up to Montana. I didn't have anywhere to put it at that point. I was thinking I was going to put it. I was at the shop that I was in, but that was never going to work out. And so it basically sat on its side. I tore it apart as soon as I got it. Um, And I didn't, I did, I knew diddly squat about hammers at that point. I had run two power hammers. I had run a 50 pound little giant and a 50 pound Baudry at that point. That was it. Um, I knew absolutely nothing. Um, And so I tore it apart. Didn't really know what I was looking at. Didn't know anything except for like, there were some things that I saw where I was like, ah, that's, probably not good like the the tapered gib that adjusts the slack uh in in the ram uh, yeah. allows uh, allows uh to continue like a like a good tension in the ram um, right. as as it wears a third of that was just missing it was just gone right um it had been just ripped in half uh and i, I later figured out why um and so yeah it basically sat for about two years or so um and uh, I started off. Um, I took some of those pieces that Kevin Willie's placed. If you know who he is, he's like mechanical. I don't think. Magician. I think
1: the only people that know who Kevin Willie is is us. <laughs> That's Kevin, I don't know I who don't, he is. I don't think there's a whole lot of people that know about Kevin. Kevin's not really active on the uh, the old social media. <laughs> Shout I'm out not, to Kevin <laughs> Willie. Yeah, he
2: should be though because he's Dude, amazing. Kevin he, could have
1: a show by himself with nobody else on it. Absolutely. He is, a, he is an amazing guy. He's funny. <laughs>
2: he's just the best dude ever, man. He's super he, smart. He is he's I think I think he's a literal genius. Yeah. He's he like well I, yeah, I don't know if I go that far. He's pretty dang okay. smart. <laughs> okay, Chris, I'm just saying I've spent a pretty considerable amount of yeah. time with Kevin, and he is uh he can only sleep three hours a night. Like let's conflict? not forget
1: the old barbed wire situation will <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: okay kevin so kevin kevin lost one of his eyes when he was 16 on a barbed wire fence
0: um, not a genius so... <laughs> sorry kevin <laughs> wow okay i think kevin is
2: i think kevin's an actual genius but anyway i took no, i took some of the pieces great. down to his place and i was like hey uh what's going on with his gib what's going on with the faceplate? uh all of that fun stuff um and he – so he's for, like – he he looks at this thing and he goes, oh, that faceplate's cracked. And I was like, what the hell? No, it's not. And anyway, it was because basically yeah. what had happened was the gib of the hammer that's this tapered piece uh, was made at the wrong angle. And so because of that, every time the ram came down, it was jamming that wedge uh, harder and harder into the faceplate and basically caused it to crack. Um, it was just a little crack. Uh, well, hmm maybe like seven or eight inch long crack. But uh, basically um, uh, that was the point when I kind of figured out that maybe the hammer wasn't in super great shape um, (laughs) and was going to need a full machine shop and a lot of time to rebuild it. And fortunately uh, at that point, I had started to make some friends like Jason from Fireball Tools. um, And I went over and made a new gib with him, uh, which is that big tapered piece. And we made it out of steel and put bronze wear plates in it. Super fun running his shaper to make that. Uh, and then he ended up uh, brazing up the faceplate as well. Um, and so anyway, then then it sat for another good while um, while I kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, and then in oh, what would have been September, I think, of 2020, I started the full rebuild on it. And I put two full months of full-time work into the hammer, uh, forging new arms for it, forging toggle links, uh, doing bronze bushings in it. Um Jeez, also, any, as, anything i could um to get the hammer because the the arms on it were were both reforged uh, and some of the eyes that were holding very stress loaded pieces um were just solid weld weld bead that had been built up there uh the toggle
0: links were wrong uh so it was pretty uh, much did you order. get a screaming deal on this hammer because no. all these repairs and stuff that we're talking about no no I did not. Oh dude, um, that makes it even more painful. Please continue. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm laughing on the inside, but I'm sorry I'm being a dick. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, well I didn't
2: I didn't I didn't know what uh yeah, I didn't know what I was looking at when I first saw it. Uh and I right, think right, right. the guy who sold it at that point knew uh, all the problems that it had. I don't uh, think I'm anyway. With um and so uh Let's yeah, anyway. anyway. T- yeah, 2 months of full-time work um and then I had uh, a new, uh, basically what I was what I was going to be use as a base to lift up the hammer a little bit. Some custom fur timbers uh, milled down. I stuck them together with all thread all the way through it, uh, and then I put the hammer on top. And that's that's the day. Okay, hang
1: on. you, you guys documented you doing a lot of this on this hammer.
2: But yeah, so everything
1: that you're talking about was pretty like much fif- on camera there's
2: like 15 videos of it on youtube yeah
1: so what i wanted to ask was is that on your channel or is it on the other channel that's on Alex's channel okay yeah. so if you want so to see what will is talking about they he literally documented a huge portion of yeah. the restoration and the repair process and basically the entire rebuild of this hammer and yeah. then
2: and then i put it on the new full base <laughs> And I'm wheeling it back into the shop like I've done a thousand times. The only thing that's different is that now it's on this other pallet and it's loaded a little bit off center. So I pick it up, I move it about ten feet. So I'm now I know, and, and this this thing didn't have its own feet. It was basically it was just a flat skid basically. So there's no mm-hmm. feet to the thing, um, and so it needs it needs to have pieces of wood put underneath it so you can get pallet or, or the forks underneath it basically. Um, and so I move it about ten feet. Um, and then I'm about to go into the shop and there's like maybe it's like a one inch incline over like a six inch uh, space. So it's a very short little um, mm-hmm. kind of ramp into the shop. And so I if the hammer sitting still and I pull down on the handle one time to lift up the jack and the hammer starts to fall. And uh, I my initial reaction was I like went and tried to like stop it from falling, put my hands yeah. on it. Um, yeah and then obviously i mean the the frame of the hammer probably weighs 3500 pounds and it's like six and a half feet tall or seven feet tall yeah and so i could do nothing uh, and so i stepped aside uh in my mind and in my memory i feel like by the time the hammer hit the ground i was like four feet away from it but in the actual yeah. video you see i'm like right next to you're it, like, real yeah. close it looks like i slam dunked the hammer basically now, <laughs> Roll the thing
1: down. to be to be perfectly transparent, <laughs> Will is a very as I stated in the beginning, he's a very smart guy. He understands that what he did was dumb and unsafe, but it's it doesn't matter. It's done and over with. He's heard all the crap that everybody gave him on the YouTube comments and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, he knows that it was probably not the right thing to do, but at the time, he's done it a hundred times.
2: So exactly. If yep.
1: you t- Do you think, and I'm not going to keep harping on this because it's already been done and over with a year ago, and you've heard every possible way that Safety Sally would have told you how to oh do God. this. Oh, God. Yeah. If you would have turned the hammer to to be, so it was centered and all the uh, casting weight wasn't on the one side, you think that would have made a difference?
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't have been a problem. Okay. I had literally been moving it around on a pallet jack for almost three years. Yeah. Or for like two and a half years, I think. Um, And it had been standing up, not bolted down on a pallet for that whole time.
1: You just got Um, comfortable. You got comfortable moving it.
2: Exactly. And it was, yeah, definitely dumb. Definitely not the right way to move the hammer, but it was the most convenient way to move the hammer.
1: Right. Um, And and the reason you were moving it in and out of the shop was for wire wheeling, correct?
2: Uh, Wire wheeling. And uh, the reason that it was out of the shop at that point was to put it onto the new skid, basically. Um oh, okay. we just didn't have the room in the shop to be able to do it in there. And Got so it. Gotcha. um it was more convenient to get the forklift out there. Uh yeah. So yeah, not the most All fun. Right. I did make a
0: shirt about it though that says pallet Jack Gang. Zero days. Pallet like Jack Gang. <laughs> All right. Full disclosure, Will. Yeah. the The first time I saw the video was what you reposted it last week or two weeks ago or something like that within the last month. Yeah. First first time I'd ever.
2: Instagram had never seen it, so I I posted it on the one year anniversary. Yeah.
0: yeah, So I watched it and I immediately started laughing hysterically, (laughs) and and so I didn't know I don't I don't know any story whatsoever, and I just looked at the video and I thought, is he moving that on a hoverboard? Because that's. <laughs> because that's what that's, it looked like. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And I, I couldn't see the full jack. And the butthole that he is does a remix video and he's Listen, like no. slamming it over There's and over
1: two, and over. Only two people got to see that. It was what? You yourself. didn't post it, you didn't post that? Well, no, out of respect you for post Will. That. That's fine. I, I, I might, I might Dude, post I was it. dying. <laughs> no, I didn't want to post. I was just – that was a – Oh, that was I just did. a
0: little funsy. See, you are yeah, besties. I did, I did it for Will, just to say up. <laughs> but, um,
1: you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, everybody gave a bunch of crap about how unsafe it was, and you could have been seriously hurt. He knows all that. We, everybody right. knows all that. But if you want to see, there's a video on YouTube um, – by a machinist and will you may be familiar with this video the the title of the video is called worst shop day ever and the guy has like a 30 i, I could be wrong in the way it's like a thirty 000 pound radial drill on an overhead beam in his shop and the cable to the beam snaps he's unloading it from his trailer to put oh, it in his yeah. home mm, shop geez. and the cable snaps and the radial drill comes down and just like it
2: is Cuts. terrifying <laughs> It, it, like, breaks. snaps in half, right? Yeah, it
1: snaps the radial drill in half. It, Didn't it shatters he? his concrete floor in, like, multiple places. Did he fix yeah. it, though? He did, he, because it was, like, he, he's also a YouTuber, and he made, like, a huge series of how he was going to repair this giant radial arm drill that he essentially broke in half. So accidents happen all the time. It was just something stupid. I'm,
2: it's funny, because after that had happened, I yeah. I found out, And in the last year or so, I found out about probably a dozen people who have dropped hammers.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I'm just the only one dumb enough to have posted about it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've had – I've seen hammers that have been dropped before, whether their bases – pieces of their – I mean huge pieces of their bases break off or the um, same thing that happened to yours, the top. But they've been, like, repaired because they got dropped back in the day where it wasn't an option to take it to a machine shop. So they would just, like – drill through the entire frame and put two big plates on either side of it put it all back together yeah so yeah and this one i do think would be
2: repairable i think this would be repairable but there is enough work that still needed it probably still had two more months of full-time work that needed to go into
1: it and you mentioned you might take that
2: to uh jason's right
1: yeah you may take that there to try and have him work on a little
2: bit i don't know pretty much yeah. yeah um yeah, so at, th- at that point though, it was cheaper for me to uh, to start looking at other options, and I, right. <laughs> I went uh, like two weeks. <laughs> later to, to Spokane, yeah, I went like two weeks later to Spokane, um, and I was hanging out with Jason, um, and uh, and we went and looked at a 250 pound little giant that was out there. Yeah. Um, and the thing, at first glance, I was like, oh, that's you know not too bad. And I don't think I you told me the story. At it. Well, I started looking real close at it, yeah. and I started noticing little things. I was like, started looking at the areas that I know would be like stress stress points. And yeah. First off, almost every single bit of linkage on it had been broken and repaired, but the whole ram of the two hundred fifty pound little giant had been yeah. cracked in half.
0: Oh my goodness! And Jeez. then welded back together. Holy moly. But and,
2: and but they had like blended over it and painted it. So you could like yeah. unless you really, really, really knew what to look for. Right I, mm-hmm. I looked at it close for like a long time. I saw one little thing and I was like, hmm. Mm. And, <laughs> and I went over it with a fine tooth comb and and found all of the other points that had been welded, blended, and painted. And it was like, yeah. And but the guy and, and I also found a crack in the sow block. But the guy wouldn't budge on the price. He wanted seven grand for it. Wow! Yeah, a cracked and a cracked RAM.
1: A lot of those repairs, like when they were done back in the day, say the '40s or '50s, '30s, whatever, they didn't care what it looked like. It just had to get rolling again. It just had Mm -hmm, to get start making more money because essentially all these tools that we're restoring and we're having fun putting in our shops and all that, they were just made for work they weren't yeah, they're made, big industrial so,
0: pieces of equipment that yeah, get used
1: they weren't made yeah. for uh the facebook trolls to comment on you know <laughs> how they look or what they look like or how they were repaired they were literally repaired to go back to work so yes some of the repairs are disgusting and they're crude for t- today's standards now back in the 30s 40s 50s the guy that welded the ram head together or the ram together and Sal block and all that he was probably the shop hero yeah really (laughs) nobody was
2: saying man that looks like crap look at that well that's terrible to be to be fair it was such a a good repair right that honestly you had to look i had to look so i'll send you pictures of it yeah i had to look so close to find it um yeah it was like and but the dovetail still lined up real well and so like he like it it was a good repair for sure but
1: yeah, that's crazy.
2: Still like a significant thing that could fail and would probably be a failing point in the future and yeah. the guy wouldn't wouldn't budge on the price on it at all and it it needed a lot more work and stuff too
0: so
1: yeah. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so,
0: again, if if all the nice stuff dries up you've got a place in a screamo band because uh, that voice that you let out on that video <laughs> <laughs> it is gold yeah it is gold. that's I'm serious that's, I can watch that
2: I can watch that video on loop without the without the noise but hearing myself scream like that is so painful
1: it dude is. Oh it is awesome <laughs> like, I
2: that, think
1: I have watched it on loop because I've edited a lot of versions of that video. <laughs> And now we'll oh. post them now that Will has given you permission to post them, I'll oh, post man. them so you guys can see what I'm talking it. about. They're pretty funny. It. I I showed it to Matt and he said, Oh my gosh, did you post <laughs> that? I said, No, I can't post that. I said oh, I'll man. wait, I'll wait to talk to Will.
2: But, so long um, as you so long as you link the Pallet jack gang shirts, you
1: can the Pallet ga- palette jack gang shirts. You go buy a yep. Pallet jack gang. <laughs> I don't think anybody somebody just made a comment on the uh, the champion number one that I posted a video of yesterday. They or the day before, they said watching this gives me flashbacks to Will Stelter dropping his champion. And I said, uh, I said we don't use pallet jacks around here. He said, <laughs> he said that. He said that poor little giant. And I said it wasn't a little giant. Everyone always, guy always guy. gets it wrong. Yeah, it's okay oh, if you're not goodness. in it. Everything looks like a everything's looks like a little giant, or or yeah. you know that's that's the it's first thing old, that everybody's. Yeah, it's just an old uh, power hammer. It's an old power yeah. hammer. Will, yeah. talk hey. about the spot you live in, Montana. I know Roy's, Please. Boy, you're a big fan of Montana. I've never yep. been. I can't wait to go because especially where Will lives, it looks amazingly beautiful. <laughs> talk a little bit about the, you don't have to actually talk about where you are because there's psychopaths out there that follow <laughs> us and they may track you down one day, but <laughs> yeah. what spot in Montana do you live at?
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm near Bozeman. Um, I'm in uh-huh. the Gallatin Valley uh, and it's like a little little bowl of heaven it's just absolutely gorgeous out here uh the the gallatin valley is basically mountain ranges all the way around with like three rivers running through it um and so it's pretty some pretty,
0: pretty, pretty major spot. rivers
2: yes yes indeed especially if you're a fly fisherman
0: um, well, all right let's go are you a fly fisherman will
2: i am when i have time are, for it i do right. love it though
0: let's get yeah. it Yeah. so the clark fork is there i think the madison is down there the ennis yes. is down there so clark fork is a
2: little bit uh west of me by a little ways i live right next to the gallatin
0: okay Um,
2: and so yeah basically in in the gallatin valley the gallatin the madison and the jefferson rivers come together at three forks and form the missouri river Mm -hmm. uh and so uh yeah but the the big one that that i fish most of the time is the gallatin um that being said i haven't really fished a whole lot in the last like year and a half or so uh just been too stupid busy with yeah. stuff um, have, you, have even, you
0: ever been down the bear trap canyon
2: uh which is out of ns lot. lake no i haven't i've spent very little time over there basically just driving through yeah
0: it it is amazing there's a there's a class four called the kitchen sink will scare the shit out of you um <laughs> dang but what, like the, whitewater rapids yeah it, so it goes down the bear trap and if you go to local outfitters there and yeah. you rent if you rent a drift boat or uh, a raft or something and you're saying if you say I'm going down the bear trap, they're like, Nope, sorry, it's not happening. Uh, because it's it, it's very ins- well and it's so secluded. Um uh, the 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 put in and the drop off, there's no way to get to anyone by road. It's all through the river. It's very dangerous. But the fishing constant you know, because it is so dangerous and not many people go there, it the fishing yeah. is phenomenal. That's Lots awesome. of trout. <clears throat> Lots of trout. Awesome. Rainbows, cutthroat, brown trout, whitefish, probably some bull trout.
1: So I know you do some hiking, Will, up around the mountains where you're always taking your awesome little dog. Which is, uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of your dog again? Marty? Is it Marty? Marty. Marty. Yeah. Shout out to Marty. I love pictures of Marty. <laughs> but anyway. It's um, a great name. What, what else do you do out there? Like, I know you're busy with the shop. I know you're creating content. You're making blades and stuff. But when you're not, when you're relaxing or hanging out What what's like the cool thing to do out in montana out in the mountains yeah
2: so i i shoot a lot <laughs> um, oh right. yeah. yeah yeah and so i i used to instruct pistol shooting i haven't really been doing that recently uh yeah. with believe it or not my i spend too much time in the shop and yeah it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for it but i do shoot a lot um i yeah Spent a lot of time doing church stuff and whatnot which is also yeah. super fun uh uh-huh. got a, an, an awesome community of like young adults out here um, man, we're just boring, boring Roy to death. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's fine. No, he's fine. What, a like you talked about the shooting aspect a little bit. Are you, do you have a range nearby? Can you just shoot on your property Are you doing long range yeah, target I, shooting? What do
2: you, what do you so do? So I do m- mostly pistol shooting and I usually uh-huh. go to a piece of state land, uh, nearby to, to do that.
1: Um, oh, okay.
2: but yeah, a lot of, a lot of concealed carry pistol shooting and then a lot yeah. of, um, more like – I don't exactly know how to describe it. Speed shooting, I suppose, is yeah. be the best way to describe it. Um, and We're trying that's to promote
1: fun. safety and awareness and all that kind of stuff for
2: Ab- – you know, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that if you're going to be – I think that as a responsible, able-bodied young man, being right. able to protect and preserve life both through uh, – well – Violent means, as well as as like knowing knowing medical uh, and carrying medical supplies with you, just to be able to help people should the um, instance arrive. Basically, is an important thing. And so um, I don't. See yeah, any... you
1: were telling me about this a little bit when you were here at my place. You were saying, do you have EMS certifications or something along those lines?
2: Yeah. So I I never did the uh, I never did the NREMT exam to be on the uh-huh. national registry for for EMTs, but I did right. do a full EMT course. Um, and so I have, I have, I, and I passed the practical exam for it. Uh, I just never, never took the time to do the actual, um, EMT, EMT exam because I don't really plan on working as an EMT. And so, uh, it doesn't make a huge difference for me, Um,
1: but you had the knowledge to help somebody if they, they were in need and get hurt or whatever,
0: especially with the
1: kind of stuff we do with metal. And I think that was one of the things you gave me crap about too, are you like, you guys don't have a proper first aid kit in here. Oh, <laughs>
2: and you looked at oh. me
1: like I was a maniac. And I'm like,
2: well,
1: <laughs> We have like band-aids and Neospore. <laughs> but that's about oh, it.
2: Oh, yeah. man.
1: Yeah. Well, I- yeah Ilya I mean... just had a big piece of a uh, scale go down into his boot yesterday and <laughs> or, or two days ago, and he is not happy about it. It is Oof. like sore. And you know how your sock just melts into your skin too? So, yeah, yeah he's – uh, yeah, he's not happy I've, about that.
2: I've never. What, how did it get into his boot? Does he wear jeans? It actually
1: his jeans melted. In? It actually melted through the boot. Like I don't know if these are leather. I don't know if they were like pleather, maybe. But it oh. melted
0: through it and into the side of his foot. Okay, okay. And he wears skinny jeans and they don't go over his fucking <laughs> his <laughs> boots.
1: Yeah, and that, and that. <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> oh goodness yeah Listen,
1: that's okay i <clears> throat> was throat> so proud of will he did not back down one little ounce from Ilya. You know, he <laughs> was hitting him with all this knowledge and this nonsense and will <laughs> stood there will just stood there and he just listened to what he said and then just just gave him his opinion and that was it and then just kind of just kept going kept moving on and you know because he's got this thing where he tries to poke a little bit and tries to prod and like figure out what kind of craftsman you are and all this kind of crap and he stood his ground will wasn't will wasn't uh deterred by any means
2: by the knowledge of
1: the uh <laughs> the the young russian dude that i work with
2: <laughs> Ilya is definitely super knowledgeable and yeah. and is a great bladesmith but right. I definitely disagree with him on some stuff like Absolutely. the fact that mosaic damascus can't be artistic yeah um, I firmly disagree with that. If you just do other people's I think patterns, there's Will. You're not maybe. the only
1: one that disagrees with him, buddy. Why? <laughs> Hang, <laughs> Hang on. I, I say <laughs>
2: this
0: start over with what Mosaic Damascus can't be artistic.
2: Yeah, Ilya was saying that any trained monkey can follow a set of instructions and make mosaic Damascus. Right. And that's why and that's why random pattern is the most artistic form of Damascus. And I right. disagree with that as someone who I think, the
0: point, I think the point of Mosaic Damascus is it is for it to be artistic.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think he would define art differently, though, as something that only he can do. And he said that no one, can, no one will swing a hammer like he does to imprint the steel in the same way in a random pattern. Uh, whereas anyone can run a piece of steel through a hammer in the right way to make the mosaic pattern. That being said, if you're just making other people's Mosaic Damascus patterns then it's probably, it's, I mean, it looks really nice, but I think from his definition of artistry, it's not, right. be, I think that you can be artistic with it by yeah. designing and creating new patterns and doing things differently than other people have before, but yeah.
1: You also have to understand he's coming from, uh, you know, four years of college education as a trained artist, painter, uh, you know, he's done a lot of murals and paintings and stuff like that, so he's, I think his brain just works a little bit differently than, think, than 99% of the people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So speaking but, of Mosaic Damascus, you just went down to Steve Schwarzer's place and you hung out with our buddy uh, Evan, the hand engraver. Talk to us oh, about yeah. that if you don't mind.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I had a great time. I I, I love Steve so much. He's like my knife-making Dad or grandfather, uh, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so I think that's my fourth time going down to visit him in the last like two years or so. Oh wow. Um yeah, and he's been up here since then. Um and I see him at shows. So I yeah, I really, really appreciate Steve. Uh, I've learned a ton from him. This was like the most relaxed visit I've had. We didn't really have an agenda. We were yeah. just okay. hanging out, spending time, just enjoying ourselves basically. And we did, did film a video. Uh, we filmed. I, I sat him down and uh, got some good lighting going in the shop and basically had him do like an oral history of Damascus and like that's really cool. conceptions about it. So I think that'll be a really good video. Uh, just like calm, cool, straightforward. Be yeah, awesome. I got to uh, get down there.
1: He's invited me down there like 100 times. I got to get my butt down there and just hang out with him. He just seems Absolutely like worth it. he just seems so cool, man. Yeah, no kidding. Put the knife making aside. Just the, I mean, you were telling me a little bit about the stuff that nobody knows about him. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy's an actual legend.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. like he's not just a legend in knife making. He's got eight powerlifting world records, three black, cards, what a national championship in airboat racing.
1: Didn't he hold um, an arm wrestling record for a while, too, or something like that? Or, or maybe it was so. like, like over th- the maybe top, of sh- power, maybe it was powerlifting that I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, over the yeah. top, but no, <laughs> yeah, no. the, hey. the start of that journey though, and we've talked about it a couple times on the podcast. You had like a crazy what would you say, three or four weeks a leading from Matt Harris inviting you out for the hammer in, and then you went you came here for a couple days, and then you went to Indiana oh, yeah. for a couple days, and then you went home for like a week or two did thanksgiving and then you turned around and went right back to steve's place
2: yeah pretty much uh yeah so so i got to got to matt's on october 29th i think or 20, when was his hammer in the 27th ninth. Tw-
1: no i think it was the 23rd
2: oh geez okay yeah <laughs> the 20
0: well, something yeah 20 something yeah. anyway
2: so i think i guess i would have flown out on the 20th then and then i was there for a couple days hanging out uh, yeah. And I came over to your place on the 24th, maybe, Yeah. day after uh, the hammer Sunday,
1: yeah.
2: Yep. And then uh, we hung out until Wednesday. And then I, from there, I flew to Indiana and spent a week there hanging out with the guys at uh, Coal Ironworks, uh, my buddy Logan, my friend uh, Dave DeLagardell, and uh, Nathaniel Brandt. Uh, and I hadn't really hung out with Nate very much. I'd hung out with the other guys quite a bit. Nate's awesome. Nate is, just a great guy. He's awesome. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We had so much we had so much fun. He took me up to uh to up to a shop uh that uh, a buddy of his who was really good friends, I I'm forgetting his forgetting his name. Um, gosh dang it. He was really good friends with Clifton Ralph. Uh, yeah. and so I uh, gotta gotta hold Clifton Ralph's main forging hammer. I, I know you
1: him. were sending me those photos. I was drooling, so, man.
2: So good. I, I see his oh the my anvil. Goodness. 600 pound steam hammer in that shop 500 pound custom made uh from the factory little giant for bomb making so for those of of you listening because
1: our audience just isn't blacksmiths there's a bunch of axe nerds and a, a whole big giant demographic clifton ralph was one of like the power hammer masters as far as uh technique and um he he did several vhs dvds and all kinds of stuff on instructional videos on how to Properly use um, power hammers while forging. And he was also a really amazing blacksmith. So that's so when cool. Will says he went to his shop. That's like a legendary a spot. Yeah, uh, it's not, a pretty big Not deal. to his
2: shop, to uh, a friend of his shop. Huh? Well, a friend
1: of his, but had his stuff, though, right? Is that what yeah, it was? Exactly, Something like exactly. that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But beautiful shop. 500 pound Colombian anvil in there. Just awesome. Wow. Uh, and then he saw how much I was nerding out about the hammers and whatnot. Yeah. Like, okay, well, you got to go check out Fountain Town Forge tell him i sent you uh and so uh two days later we got to go check out this industrial steam-powered ford shop that, that...
1: place was fascinating
2: it unbelievable so it
1: looked amazing stupid <laughs> cool yeah.
2: yeah it was like the, it was one of the coolest places i've ever been by far uh to see to see a you know turn of the century bement miles steam hammer running on steam with a team of four guys running it uh the amount of tooling that they have in there to do everything so efficiently because i mean it used to be that that forging was the most efficient way to move metal just about at all uh but nowadays there are only a couple things really that most industrial forge shops are forging uh, at least open die wise uh and one of those is flanges uh basically they're just forging out big rings of stuff
1: yeah Kind of like those viral videos you see now on all the social media platforms where they're forging ex- giant things either in, on that big outside uh, uh, exactly hammer that they have in – I believe it's China or India or somewhere like that. But, yeah. yeah, flanges is a huge thing in the forging industry still.
2: Because otherwise they have to waste a ton of material. And so if you're dealing with an expensive material or something – then right. having the ability to forge out a ring and have very little material waste is, is yeah. really nice. Uh, and so, yeah, that was just – and they had so many hammers sitting outside. It was – oh, I was just drooling the whole time. You can actually time. go to
1: uh, Will's YouTube channel as lo- as well as Cole Ironworks guys did a little montage on it too. But the thing yeah. that uh, – the reason I say this shop is so fascinating and Will was so turned on and kicked you – know, like jazzed up about it. Is that modern shops don't run on steam anymore? Like no. they just don't. Like even uh, my buddy Pat Quinn up at uh, Center for Metal Arts, they run that big three thousand pound chambersburg that uh, ran on steam back in the day, but now it just runs on a giant compressor. To, so to see a shop in twenty twenty one that's running on, and I believe in the video you said it was electric boiler that ran, that generated the steam.
2: I'm pretty certain it was. Yeah, it okay. was a huge. I mean, it took up a whole room.
1: Uh, and though, that what was the falling awesome. weight on
2: that hammer? Uh, Four thousand pounds, I believe. Jesus. Yeah, so,
1: so go to Will's channel and look at this. He did a yeah. The video whole, is called
2: uh, "Tiny Anvils and Big Hammers," I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was and really that's, cool. That's the
2: video on on that that trip.
1: Right? That whole trip that we're talking about right now. Yeah. So then you went home. You 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 after you left Indiana, you went to um you went home for a couple weeks for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You chilled out. You relaxed. For- Two weeks, yeah. And then you got uh, right back on a plane and went down to Steve's.
2: Yeah, I was, yeah, I was playing, yeah, planning on being home for a, a while, but then right. uh, a-, a trip that I had planned to Steve's later on, uh, the dates ended up not lining up, and I was like, well, maybe uh, I'll come right now instead. Uh, and so,
1: yeah. Is it I, mandatory uh, so- that you go on an airboat ride when you go down to Steve's?
2: I've only been <laughs> on an airboat one time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we just ended up doing too many other things. Gotcha. Yeah, but. Boy, so, let me tell you well, what. Horrifying. Is it? Why do you say that? Because Steve drives like a maniac. Oh.
0: <laughs> that sounds fun. It sounds
2: it, fun. It's so, it's so cool. But Steve, yeah. like, he's so comfortable with it that he's, like, whizzing around the the lake behind his house at, like, 90 miles an hour Jeez. and wow. holding on for dear life. What yeah. part of the
1: state is he in?
2: Uh, the middle part. Okay. Like, cool. li- middle of the panhandle. Gotcha. Is peninsula is the panhandle different than the peninsula? I don't know. Yeah, he's in the middle of the peninsula. He's like yes. an hour north of uh, Orlando.
0: Shut so up, Steve got, Schwarzer. I got yeah. two questions for you, Will. Hit me. First, how did our friend Evan weasel his way into this trip? And then <laughs> second, I need to know what the hell is going on with this two-pound burrito? <laughs> <laughs> what? okay do tell
2: uh evan i i i met evan for the first time at blade show but we had you know talked a little bit before that um and then he ended up doing some some shirt designs for me one of which i still need to release uh
0: and that's going to be for the record those are awesome
2: yeah he absolutely crushed it um and so uh super cool designs uh and then we got to hang out or we hung out at blade show right before that um but um yeah, I, I I didn't know exactly where he was at in in Florida, but I was like, hey man, I'm coming down. If you want to hang out for a day? Come on up, that'd be awesome. Uh, just because you know, I had only really hung out with him late at night in in the pit at Blade Show, uh-huh. uh, and so he yeah he came up and we had an awesome time. And we went to lunch at this Mexican restaurant, and and Steve and Laura, Laura is Steve Schorzer's wife. Uh, they're like family with the with the people that own this restaurant. Uh, they're like. First generation uh, from Mexico. The food is so tasty. Um,
0: Uh, Yeah.
2: And and the the daughter of the people who own the restaurant just gives Steve grief like nobody's business. She she heckles him like nobody else. It's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome uh she's just wonderful um and so every time i go there i usually get like the, the tacos or something like that yeah. we usually go like two or three times whenever i'm there so i've been to this restaurant like, a pretty good amount at this point point. and yeah. you're a regular pretty, pretty much yeah i mean i don't i live literally on the as almost as far away in the country as you can get from that restaurant and they know my name <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> uh so it's uh but Evan was reading through the menu and he's like, "What's this two-pound burrito?" And I was like, "The what?" <laughs> so, so we both ordered this two-pound burrito, and of yeah. I filled up on chips and sweet tea while we were waiting. Yeah. And so I got like maybe maybe halfway into the burrito and was just <laughs> dead. Um, and, and Evan made it like maybe two-thirds of the way into it. I think like a third of it ended up on his plate, though. The thing just like exploded as soon as he took oh it. Oh my out. god! I mean. But it was like just. But
0: was meat. it good?
2: It was unbelievable. There you it was go. So good. <laughs> it's going to be my go to from here
0: on out. <laughs> the two pound burrito. All right. So oh, don't eat chips. Gosh. Don't drink sweet tea. Dude. Just order no. the two pound burrito that's, and nothing else. That's how they yes. get
1: you, though. They they have delicious chips, great sweet tea. It's like every Mexican
2: restaurant. It's the oh, same yeah. way. It's well, so good. I'm a big I... I don't drink sweet tea in the north, mostly yeah. because we don't have it, but at some restaurants right. do, but I save that as a as a thing for when I'm in
0: the south. Southern gotcha. delicacy.
1: Yeah, man. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a that's a weird thing when it's you go somewhere up north and they don't have it. Like I mean, you can even go to like upstate New York and they won't have it. They'll be like, What sweet tea? What are you talking about? <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> you know, sweet tea and they give you some like Lipton garbage. You're like, oh, this is, tastes <laughs> yeah. like lemons and you know, fake sugar. Yeah. Anyhow, that's great, man. That sounds like uh, you had an amazing, amazing uh, time.
2: Just nice and relaxing, and just super fun. We had our other friend uh, Lance Balsley come by, and he's like a service grinding master machinist, just awesome, awesome dude. And we met him totally by accident. Uh, the first time I went to go visit Steve, uh, we were talking about shapers, and he was like, right. "I want to, you know, I used to have a little shaper. It'd be nice to find one again." So I checked Facebook Marketplace, and lo and behold there's right a six there. inch amco shaper for sale an hour and a half away for like 400 bucks on yeah. a nice rolling cart and we're like ah oh, some dude selling off his grandfather's shaper for way less than it's worth because those things right. go for like five times that in just about anywhere because they're nice they're small enough that anyone can have them and so message the guy uh drive up there that night uh and i hop out of the truck he's like hey your will Oh
0: my god.
1: <laughs> um, so but, did the price go up or did the price go down? <laughs> I just
2: the price stayed the same. Uh yeah. and he wasn't like a fanboy at all. He had just good. seen me a couple times on Alex's channel. Uh yeah. just the nicest guy. Awesome. So unbelievably smart. Uh coolest shop. He's really good friends with Adam Booth, uh A bomb 79. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. uh, they're like best buds. Um and so yeah, we had a great time hanging out and talking with him and he and he and Steve have become good friends since then. And so he came down and hung out for a day, gave us a, a surface grinding lesson, which I know I needed. Uh, and Steve yeah. has a uh, – he rebuilt a surface grinder for Steve that's, like, dialed into, like, the spindle. He ground to, like, 50 millionths of an inch or something like that. Wow. Which is just, just wild. It's, like, dead quiet while it's spinning at, like, 10,000 RPM, which is kind of – Shoot. Spooky. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, had a great time. Nice, calm trip. Super fun, very relaxing, really enjoyed he it. You talked
1: about you and Evan made a shirt design. Yeah. Which I was did. like – wait, he made the design and you sold the shirt, something like that? I don't know.
2: Yeah, so uh, he did He did three designs. One of them uh-huh. uh, was in my, my 150-pound Trenton. He took right. that shape and filled it with scroll work, which is super cool. Another one was a chef's knife I had drawn up. You should have just gave knife. him the
1: Trenton and let him fill that up with scroll work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.
2: Here's the thing. How cool would that be? It yeah, would be I'm amazing. It
1: would be amazing. Uh, Will, really don't steal do my that. ideas.
2: Don't steal I really want to do that to a vice, though. Like, <laughs> Stop how cool, it! How cool would, like, a three-inch vice that's covered in scroll work be? It may Dude. already be in
0: the works. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna send that would be freaking first. Awesome. I'm gonna send him anyway. my, my my 109. And, and our,
1: uh, I think all of our mutual friend, um, Jimmy, uh, did he create your first shirts, like your first uh, design or logo or printed them for you or something like that?
2: He print, he did, he uh, printed them for me. So I, I came up with that design. Yeah. Uh, and then what had did a graphic designer in your head when you, when
1: you, when you thought of that for, design, so the forger die.
2: Forger die. Uh, so it was. There is no, like, big, like, I'm going to die if I don't forge. Uh, exactly. I, just, I had seen, uh, I, and I've, I think probably everyone's seen, the yeah. 18, or 1780s uh, political cartoon that Benjamin, 1770s probably, actually. Yeah. Political cartoon that Benjamin Franklin drew up, that's the snake cut up into eight pieces. Yeah. It says join or die. Right. Um, and I just thought. So it was a playoff of that. Exactly. Uh, just yeah. it'd be neat to have a, an anvil shown cut up uh, with with forge or die, basically. And so that was the first like little bit of branding, I suppose, that I yeah. ever did.
1: Um, super cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a sweet design, that's for sure. So
1: yeah, um, and I have it on my wall in my shop. I had the Good. very, the very, very first one that I happened to be there when he was doing the prints for you or whatever on those oh, cardboard sick. test things. Yeah, so I got the very, very first one. I almost Heck used yeah. it to uh, start my forge one day because I ran out of paper. But <laughs> idiot! I, I left it on the wall.
0: <laughs> You're such an idiot, <laughs> Roy. Don't you have you have something of Jim's too, don't you? Yeah, I got his black raven. It's still on my still on my workbench. I'm. I'll get to it one day. And you still uh, have an axe of mine too, don't you? I still have that, too. And I've got <laughs> I've got three axes of our buddy Phil from Phil's antique vices and anvils or whatever. So <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've got. Uh, did you see those latest anvils he just got, Roy? So I'm friends with George. I actually hung out with George up George. in Seattle, I think, very deeply. He's the one that got that stuff. Oh, for Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't know his name was George. Yeah, so he sent me that stuff. He's like, "Dude, I just got this stuff, and Phil's getting some of
1: it." Why? I know George. You listen to the podcast because you messaged me right after. Message me first about buying (laughs) that stuff next time. That's what I told him. I said I would have been a player on those. Those are amazing. Uh, Who's Who's George? So it's just a guy up in. I guess he's in. Is he in Washington
0: State? Yeah, it's Seattle area.
1: I think very deeply on um, Instagram. I don't know.
0: What's his last name? I'm not I'm not sure. I have no idea. Uh, if you Who, just, if you look him up I, I think very deeply he's a huge axe nerd and not only is he an axe nerd he just loves the timber industry, logging industry. Yeah. So it's not just axes, he likes saws, all the implements that goes along with logging. So very rich uh, history based uh, but he got he, these, he just likes it all. And he, yeah, yeah, go ahead and explain what they are.
1: He got these Real Sawmakers Anvils, Will. Um, you may Ooh. have seen them on uh, Phil's. Phil just posted them. Phil's Anvils and Antiques. He just posted them. And like five
0: feet long.
1: Yeah, there's one of them was 750 pounds, five foot long. Oh, like, I'm
2: looking at it right now.
1: 18-inch wide face. But uh, so cast cool. iron with the tool steel top. And then, I guess his name's George, now I didn't realize that. But he also has a
0: 450-pound um, one that he kept for himself. So, whenever yeah, he sent me that pieces. stuff, I just wanted to know how much that cost to ship from Washington to New uh, Upstate New York. Nothing. I mean, nothing.
1: Dang. I mean, no. That's that's
0: light, dude. In terms of shipping stuff, it
1: was probably like three hundred bucks.
2: Yeah. Really? Well, it's forty. It's forty-eight inches long, so it would fit on a regular pallet. Yeah. So, yeah. I just got a quote for shipping a, a hammer from uh, San Antonio to Montana. That's twenty-two hundred-pound power hammer. For yeah. three hundred and sixty bucks.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, it's not much to ship big stuff anymore. Speaking of shipping big stuff, shout out to our buddy uh, Logan. What's his name? Logan Northwest Blade Works.
2: Yeah. Logan Gillahan.
1: Yeah. yeah, Logan Gillahan. He's the one that developed the. And I know you've seen it, Roy. The the. Um, explain it better for me, Will. I want to say CNC, the, the, but it's not CNC. The digital
2: digital press controller that lets you set the top and bottom parameters for the hydraulic forging presses. It's yeah. Like, Coolest thing since pressed bread.
1: Anyway, he bought that big <laughs> giant series. Yeah. He got that big vice that you were oh, trying to get him yeah. to buy. Yeah. So that went to him. <laughs> that was only a, that was 175 pounds. I shipped it out this morning. So he's re- receiving that uh soon. But yeah, awesome. what a great guy. The whole crew over yeah. there, Philip. You got to meet Philip. Was that the first time yeah. you met Philip?
2: No, I met at Phil, at, yeah. at, Phil at, at, at Blade Show. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. I like Phil. He's a good dude. I love dude. Phil. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, Will, do you realize that you were like two hours from my place whenever you were up there hanging out with those knuckleheads? No. Two hours That'll, tops. I don't think you would have came and visited Probably not. From, anyway. Probably not. <laughs> from,
2: from, from where are you at? You're, you're in Kentucky, right?
0: Yeah, just right you're, across the river.
2: That's more than two hours away.
0: Isn't no, it? it's not. Uh, They're in Anderson the Anderson, Anderson is right India. out it's right outside Indianapolis it takes me an hour and a half to get to Indy from my place
2: oh <laughs> oops
0: <laughs> nope
1: look Will's busy right. he ain't got time for your nonsense anyway you're, you're <laughs> dead to me Will. look you're,
0: you're dead to me of,
2: Logan <laughs> and I spend a ton of time just driving around like antique oh where can whatnot. we
0: go yeah let's just <laughs> yeah you probably you probably uh, made took, a southern swoop down here you're real I close. took him to I...
1: Pennsylvania it was the first time he'd ever been to Pennsylvania Oh yeah, you hit you hit four states, didn't you? Like when you were here, we uh, you yeah. went into Virginia for a little bit, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and then uh, Delaware. Yeah. I think you went to with Matt. Yeah, but, dude, Pennsylvania is way, like
0: it, picker's paradise. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Is. It's crazy. Wild, it, it is really great, is. Great spot to go antiquing at. Which yeah. stop <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that nobody <laughs> says <laughs> that. Will antiquing? <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently, that pickers is a. Doesn't
2: like it. What do you say? Antiquing with the boys. <laughs> that is a, definitely
0: don't say it. That's exactly what he
2: said in the shop.
0: Do not say antiquing with the boys. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: oh my Chris, gosh. let's go
0: antiquing together, please. I feel
1: like I had a truck full of go- Golden Girls the, with me.
2: The only reason I call it that is because it makes other guys uncomfortable, and it's so oh, worth
1: no, it. No, it's just a weird thing. I'm not going looking. I don't know.
0: Antiquing. <laughs> antiques are different than tools to me i don't know i just want to go tool hunting dude every time you go to an antique mall or something there's always a tool booth and it's always in the yeah. back far corner and you just it walk is. to the front desk and you go where's yep. the tool booth and they just point to the back of the shop That's exactly go, oh, right. yep yeah there's always a tool booth logan and, and i
2: went to one of the one of the places in in indiana and yeah. they had four anvils sitting on a like old trolley cart yeah and they weren't for sale and we were pissed
1: oh wow <laughs> they were just sitting there as decoration
2: one of them was actually like a really nice like 175 pound peter wright but Ooh, the other wow. one's there's like a a, a junkie cast chinese piece of garbage and then there's a vulcan and then there was an okay peter wright but
1: yeah interesting mm. yeah i'm um i'm trying to actually track them down a couple anvils they want more anvils there at Coal Ironworks, so I'm going to oh, cool. get on that this week and get some uh, get some nice stuff for them. I got an idea of where I'm going to go. I also got an idea on a – or not an idea, a lead on a new power hammer that I might go get this week. Ooh. Hey, speaking it, uh,
0: of power hammer, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Let, let's talk about hang the one you on. just fixed up.
1: Wasn't that beautiful? That thing, it was Wasn't it so beautiful?
0: nice.
1: Listen, yeah. that, I've had a lot of power hammers, mechanical power hammers. That power hammer was showed little to no wear marks, like, anywhere. It's so nice. The ram guides, the ram, the spring tension arms, everything was, like, in it looked perfect. perfect condition. It perfect. Yeah.
2: That's so nice. It was did a really nice hammer. I did. There's
1: a gentleman from, I, I don't know who he is. He just randomly messaged me, um, follower on Instagram. Uh, he's going to come down from Missouri after Christmas and pick it up. So dang. he's very excited. Yep. He said uh he's tired of swinging this hand hammer. He's been doing it for 43 years or something, and it's time for a power hammer. So
2: dang.
1: Yeah.
0: So he's, I, uh, I don't he's even excited. have a need for it. And I, I saw it and I was like, I want that thing. It is so nice. Yeah, it turned out really good. I was really, me and Matt busted our butts on
1: that thing. Not for any, like, to do it on in a hurry or anything. It was just uh-huh. like, we did a complete tear down, you know, every nut and bolt and every piece. We took every single piece apart and so check for repairs, check for cracks, you know, see what needed to be fixed. And it was very, very minor stuff that needed to be repaired. Nothing, nothing major at all. A couple clean up on some threads here and there. But other than that, Babbitt
0: was in really, really good shape. Again, nowhere, anywhere. And
1: yeah, great running hammer.
0: So, so whenever y'all finished it and took a step back where you're like, I can't sell this. Oh, I got to keep when it. I,
1: as soon as I used it, I was like, I, I don't want to <laughs> sell this thing. But that's how it
2: goes. With a lot of them, but there's yeah. always
1: more. There'll be more. I'll find another one that I can't live I, without. I but... found
2: I found one of those champion number zeros right right by my house. Actually, like yeah. no joke, half a mile, maybe a mile away from where the uh, the the three forks of the river are for the Missouri. Uh huh. Um, but the dies had been welded into it and then cracked yeah. out, so the dovetails were, like, gone. And the uh, whole rest of the hammer was pretty junky. And It wasn't it's for sale now. at all? Oh. No, it was in someone's yard. I went up and knocked on the door, but oh, they oh, weren't gotcha. home. And so I kind of just gave up on it. I,
1: Anything that's sitting outside or, you know, not in well, a if, shop or an old garage is pretty well, like, you know, they gave up on it years ago.
2: <laughs> well, okay. There's a guy. Oh, oh my gosh. There's a guy locally uh, who had uh-huh. four four hammers, five uh-huh. hammers sitting outside his shop, uh, wow. five Little Giants, 225, or Jeez.
0: 25,
2: uh, a 50, a really old 50 with a hole in the frame, so a Mayer Brothers.
1: Oh, um, yeah, that's, yeah.
2: And then two Easy Helves, uh, and he, he sold one of them. Not tarped or
1: anything, just sitting no, out there? No,
2: just sitting out front, uh. and he, he had a big blue sitting inside his shop. Uh, because no Ooh. real blacksmith used a mechanical hammer.
1: Yeah, I have no but, words for that one.
2: <laughs> but, but so he sold he sold one of these hammers. Yeah. Um, and then he said he didn't want to sell any more of them. Yeah. And and then and I was like, please. And he was They're like, gonna,
1: <laughs> he's gonna let the earth just reclaim them.
2: Well, then I drove past again. I I used to I drove past it. I used to drive past it all the time. Right. Been in a couple times, and he was like screw you kid sort of thing um
0: uh,
2: and then i drove past after not driving past for like a couple months and they were yeah. all gone
0: of course dang
2: I'm he did that out pissed. of spite yeah he did dang. he has See an you, eight sucker. inch charles parker in there it's a yeah. beautiful 978 on yeah. a cool three foot round platen table that's like three inches thick whoa uh, geez louise 298 whoa. pound vice that sounds and, dreamy.
1: Oh, just the acorn table. Take the vice off the acorn table that sounds oh
2: dreamy. Oh my no, the vices, the vices, vice big money. But yeah. I, I went in and asked him about it probably two or three times. He's like, I think I'm just gonna have I think I'm just gonna be buried with it. I don't want anyone else. <laughs> Dang. He's like he doesn't even he doesn't <laughs> use sad. it, he doesn't like it. The people that work for him don't like yeah. it.
1: Yeah.
2: Sounds like a crotchety old man. Yeah,
1: listen. There's another hammer that me and you have spoke about before. I'm not going to mention which hammer it is because I think there's several people that have been eyeballing this thing. But the guy sends me a message randomly. I haven't talked to him in a year. Sends me a message randomly last night. Hey, I'll take X amount of dollars for this hammer now because a year has gone by. And there's two foot of snow around it. (laughs) It's like completely (laughs) not accessible at all. And I'm like. Buddy, there is like so much work to be done to get that, and this is again like you're talking about sitting in his is front it, yard, are you not under tar. No, I'll, no, I'll send you a picture of the one that I'm talking about. You know exactly it, what hammer it is. Is it we is it air?
2: It. Is it is it yes uh, steam?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: What's yeah. New, what will you tell me about it? I,
1: yeah, it's a lot cheaper than it was last year. So for real.
2: I'm gonna take yeah, yeah. a road trip. I want it's that hammer stopping. so bad. <laughs> I want that hammer so bad.
1: But um, anyway, uh, you yeah, need it was like
2: kidney, right?
1: And it's one of those things, like, like the exact same thing you're talking about. This guy's never gonna do anything with it. Mm-hmm. I showed interest in it, and the price was ridiculous, so I passed. And now he's realizing,
2: as a okay, lot of these you've guys do. Okay, you gotta get it. You've gotta get it. Oh. And you can uh, okay, and and you could do Steam with it.
1: Snow sucks, Will. I hate moving machines in the snow.
2: <laughs> so what? Suck it yeah. up. It's worth it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I might. I might. What you drive oh to go God. get? We didn't even talk about your Bodri 400, but sh- everybody can go on uh, YouTube and look at this hammer he did. But you drove some ridiculous amount of distance to go get that. That hammer was in California, right?
2: Yes, it was. It was in Eureka, California. And fun fact, Yeah. I didn't actually do any of the driving for it. Yeah, your uh, I buddy was a did. passenger. Yeah, so well, two, he had two he of had my friends.
1: Though, right, because he was getting one of the hammers as well,
2: right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I went down with two guys. Um, one of they them. They went kids, antiquing
0: in California. They went
2: Antiquing in <laughs> California, antiquing with the boys. Antiquing uh, with the boys in California.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and that's Northern California. Watch out for squatchy. <laughs>
2: exactly. oh, yeah. You
0: did you see any sasquatch? <laughs> Roy, do
2: you in, Roy, do you believe in sasquatch?
0: Hundred percent. I can't tell so, if he's joking or not. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I believe, Roy spends a lot of time in the woods. <laughs> so, I, okay, this, this is a good point. I spend a lot yeah. of time in the woods, and yeah. I see zero evidence of dead cougars. I see zero evidence of dead grizzly bears. I know they're there. I don't see them, but oh, I know that I they're there. Yeah. So, is there a possibility that there is a... Great North American ape? Absolutely. Do I think it's this character of you know Bigfoot that we have in our mind? Probably not. But we find species all the freaking time. So if you've never been to the Pacific Northwest, specifically like Canada, BC area, it is some remote, dense country up there. And there's very, it's very likely that there could be a North American great ape up there.
2: I think that there that I think. Okay, you say that you haven't seen dead cougars, dead bears. But Mm -hmm. other people have, people who spend more time in the woods looking for that stuff specifically have found stuff, have found evidence of dead cougars, dead bears, all of that stuff, dead wolves. Uh, So I think that the fact that there's been zero over the last however many hundreds of years of people looking for this stuff, spending millions of hours out in the backcountry hunting, hiking, fishing, all of that stuff. The fact that no one has ever actually found any concrete evidence. That being said, I grew up in Seattle. There's some spooky stuff out there. You definitely feel like you're being watched sometimes. There's a lot of people
0: that look like a Sasquatch out there. (laughs) You know, again, all, you know, the – All of the things that are around Sasquatch, oh, it's, you know, this swamp thing down in the (laughs) south, and it's got this crazy stench, or, you know, all that. Yeah, 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 like, all that, I I think all that's horseshit. and, you know, down in Southern America, South America, I think it was, I don't know where it was, I think it was like the Andes or something, they found a brand new uh, mammal, I think it was like a deer. They found another deer species within the last 10 or 15 years, and... huh. It's a freaking deer in the woods. Like, yeah,
1: that nobody knew ton- about.
0: Yeah, that no one knew about. And, you know, tons of people, they, they live in the mountains. They're not just up there hanging out. They live there. But anyway, I'm just yeah. saying that there's a possibility of something out there. Um, okay. But this, Here the, we the go squatch- again. This, The Squatchy that I was <laughs> referring to was <laughs> like the Murder Mountain stuff that we were yeah. talking about last time. Yeah. You, you didn't roll in any weed weed uh, forest Farms, anything, yeah. oh, Okay, <laughs> but I... To be fair, I actually
2: have seen the Sasquatch in the Pacific Northwest, but it was the mascot for the Seattle Supersonics. Oh my god. And he used to go he used to go to my church. Such
0: a nerd. He used to go to my church
2: though. He's he a nice guy. He played drums. Yeah. Okay, here's the cool thing. In
0: the uniform. Quick. No. no quick. Be, be a know. sweaty so mess. Yeah, he
2: like he did all these he did all these crazy stunts like jumping over buses on roller skates and like crazy flips and stuff like that. And right. His kids thought that he was a photographer, and so he had this like secret identity as the Sasquatch. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so drove down to California.
0: Yeah. And,
2: and so uh, again, I didn't do any of the driving because I'm pretty bad at driving. Uh, driving manual, and we were pulling a gooseneck trailer okay through the the mountains and so while i can drive that probably wasn't the the best situation for me to be learning a new truck understood fairly fairly difficult anyway so uh these two guys one of them was getting a hammer and the other one had first choice uh dibs on any of the other tools that were in the shop and so it was a big industrial blacksmith shop or semi-industrial i suppose
0: blacksmith shop
2: so tongs tooling uh all sorts of crazy stuff and so we get there Check out the hammers, uh, go through, start picking, building up our own piles and whatnot of all the tongs and and different stuff that we want. And then we get through like two and a half hours of building up these piles and the guy's like, yeah, I don't think I want to sell anything other than oh the Oh my God.
1: Are you serious? That's crazy.
2: Yeah. But we had a, a guy down there uh, named Mike Griffin. Awesome. Awesome guy. He's a bladesmith. Uh, he's the one that organized, uh, basically getting the hammers sold, um, he wasn't the owner. He's a, a state trooper, actually, um, and he, uh, yeah, he organized getting the hammer sold, and he ended up taking a lot of that stuff home. So it is getting getting put to use uh, in his shop, which is good. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got him got him loaded up, drove back. It was a uh, stopped at Rick Rick Hall's place on the way back. because another bladesmith over in Reno. Uh, it was a 50, uh, 58 hour trip with forty six hours Luis. of driving. Yeah. So what's we that? Were, what's that number eleven way? Uh, 7,000 pounds it's pretty, oh, okay. pretty light pretty light for such a big hammer yeah um, yeah and then i dug dug a, a 40 inch deep foundation for it um that's seven feet long and five feet hang wide. on a
1: second pause for a second you left a major component out of that entire story it has nothing to do jack. with sasquatch no not the pallet jack <laughs> 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 he calls me and says chris i found oh, yeah. <laughs> xyz power hammers And uh, do you want this one? It's this amount of money. Well, yeah, I'll buy it, but you're getting a brand new shop. Why don't you just keep it for yourself? Oh, I don't know. It's too much hammer for me. Uh, I I think I just, I might get the smaller one, yada, yada, yada. I was like, well, it'd probably be your best interest. I think it was that, that was my exact words were like, I'll buy it, but I think you should really keep it. And then you texted me when you guys were going to get it. You said, "Yeah, I'm gonna keep it." I, you're right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So
2: it's it's so funny because um, so the guy originally listed the hammer for fourteen grand or something like that, um, yeah. and then there was another two hundred, and then all the prices were kind of up in the air, and we eventually finagled them down to uh 12 grand for the pair of a 200 and a 400 wow <laughs> um, but
1: the, to be fair the 200 was in bad shape
2: no right? the 200 was is in perfect way? shape the 300 was in uh, That's what uh, it, was. it had a couple repairs on it and yeah whatnot. but it was it was running it was still hooked up to the line shaft at the shop uh but the 200 that my friend got is yeah. like Amazing. kevin willie said it's like one of the nicest 200s he's ever seen wow um, and I don't know if you guys saw the 200 that he just rebuilt, but it is. Yes. Dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, so been been rebuilding that thing for quite some time now. Um, I think I picked it up on January 15th, and uh, the goal, the hard goal is to have it running and hitting steel before the end of the year.
1: You're on the so home stretch.
2: I'm on the home stretch. I need to get Home's a forklift in here to get it underneath. Yes. Uh, get the, Please uh, get a
1: forklift in there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah to get get the get the wood base underneath it and then i need to construct the motor tower but i have every component that i need i just need to just got to do it so what size motor
1: does that thing take what's that what size motor does that take
2: 10 horse and then the the, but the the thing is i could have gone 10 horse and used like a gearbox to reduce it right Uh, but you want to have enough inertial mass with a slack belt machine like that exactly. that it's going to have good response. And so um, yeah, I have two flywheels here for it, for it. One of them is 435 pounds and the other one is another like 120 pounds. And so there'll be a solid uh, with the line shaft like probably 600 pounds uh, spinning around up there, uh, which should give it really, really good sensitive control to get that whole uh, mass moving. Uh, which is pretty sweet.
1: Again, for those of you listening, it may sound boring, but go check out the videos because he's doing a spectacular job. For You'll be able to confirm hammer.
2: that it is in fact boring.
1: <laughs> no, it's not boring <laughs> at all. It's really, really cool. I, I, think I enjoy it, but I'm I'm into that thing, and that's a it's a pretty unique hammer for somebody to have as well. I mean, we know guys that have them, but that's a that's a pretty unique hammer.
2: Yeah, I think I know shot. of eight or nine of them i think Uh, yeah but i would be i would be surprised if there's more than you know three dozen of them in the united states right Um, yeah and then the other hammer that i have on the way is also quite a rare bird which is fun uh but we'll talk about that later on
0: so real quick here wrapping things up will yeah um you're you're so young you're so talented you got a a lot of um things kind of going on and you know all the all the stuff that we're just talking about, you're definitely moving and shaking. I'm going to ask Chris Cash this question that he always asks: What's the uh, what's the future of Will Stelter? Um, just in general, what's going on? Well,
2: I'm kind of living the dream right now, which is I, I actually I actually mean it. I get a, I get to make whatever I want. Uh, I get yeah. to film it uh, and and make money from it, which is wild. Uh, and so the the next steps are hopefully going to be getting some some products that I can actually sell to people uh, because I have a massive amount of demand for my work and very little uh, production. You're a one-man show. I'm a one-man show, exactly. And so uh, the the next steps are going to be getting things that are – uh, have my my touch in them and my uh, my creative my creativity poured into them, but not mm-hmm. something that I necessarily have to spend time on in the shop because that's just not a, a viable thing for me to be able to do right now. And so, next steps are yeah, getting some some knives or products uh, available for sale for people, and uh, yeah, keep on or just keep channel, making fun. cool
1: yeah keep making cool content. But the videos are really dude, good. I don't I don't I, watch a whole lot of YouTube videos, but I genuinely watch every single one of your videos. Because I you know guess. you in person, and I know the person that I'm watching on screen is the exact same person. And a lot of times, the person you meet in real life isn't the same person you're watching on screen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. I definitely had to make that decision early on. Uh, yeah, YouTube, like you're not putting you on say, the show
1: for anybody. That is exactly I, how you are.
2: I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. Um, yeah, because that feels a little bit um, like ungenuine, and that I don't I don't. We like call that fake. So. Yes. yes exactly you have
1: like, a, you have some of the best one-liners in the game too will i think i've, I've you. told you this before you have some of the best one-liners I, i've ever heard hit what's,
2: me what's sucky is that uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> you can't do it on demand like that you can't do it on demand
1: <laughs> but he is he is very he is on point with the puns
2: but what's mm. sucky is that when i'm working by myself i don't have anyone to like <laughs> play off of you know and so well, you I got have a guy less... that
1: films for you sometimes right
2: yeah, but yeah. he listens to my my crap all day long. <laughs> yeah. <He> just ignores <laughs> you. I can't, I can't just uh, I can't just yeah make make puns to him, and he's not. It's usually me, and actually most of the time I'm filming myself, and he does the majority of he does all the editing for me. He'll right. he'll film for me maybe like at this point probably like twenty percent of the time. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, he does mostly editing for me, so it's it's kind of not great that I don't have anyone to like make jokes four suppose, yeah. or two in person <laughs> um and so i i make a lot more jokes in except marty than <laughs> you, you, exactly. got, you, you shoot him exactly. off at marty see what his reaction is <laughs> yeah oh man so I, I i make a lot more jokes in person than i do um online which Very is clever uh kind of funny
1: yeah. very clever fella yeah. well i think that's a wrap guys if you're not following will stelter go to youtube you can find him at will stelter on youtube at will stelter on instagram will if you need to know anything else about will stelter all you have to do is google him you can find anything you want to know about will except where he lives don't don't go yeah. onto his property no nope. hippity hoppity stay off my property
0: Ooh, look at that <laughs> see what you did there
1: okay once again we'd like to thank cold township forge for sponsoring this episode of the axe and iron podcast follow him on instagram michael hoops coldtownshipforge.com buy his hammers buy his tools buy all the great stuff that he's making thanks again will so much for thank being you away. will great episode. of course
2: thank you guys so much for having
0: me absolutely was a ton of
1: fun cool and that's a wrap We're going to go back to work now on the Axe and Iron
0: Podcast.